gem, 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 gem junkies. Gem junkies. Sometimes I think we should bring that back. Gem, 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 gem. From the first one. Gem junkies. Why? Because I liked it. Another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And we have an exciting week this week. Yeah. And and we have our dog in the room today. Our Jemmy dog. She's in the dog. She's in the room every day. I know, but she's she's looking fresh today. She got a haircut, so she did get I a haircut. really appreciate her. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate her haircut and the fact that she doesn't stink anymore. Yeah. Is it time that we need to post another Gemma picture on Instagram? Maybe. She's looking pretty cute these days. She's looking cute. So Gemma is our pet Pyridoodle. She's a great Pyrenees poodle mix. Our shop dog. Here our at the shop office. dog. She's our guard dog. She she thinks she owns the joint. And last night she got trapped in the twins' room. <laughs> we we put the twins to bed and she stayed and in the room. And we left her. We didn't notice. We forgot. We shut the door and we left her in there. And the poor dog was like hiding in the corner. And we we were... put them down to bed at seven fifty five. Yeah, it was going to be a good night for mom and dad. We were going to yeah, relax we were like, a little. Wow, we really got them down early. They didn't fall asleep till 9.15. Yeah. Over an hour. And no, the first, no, no, they were playing. No crying. They were playing. I so have in a the time first... lapse video of them just jumping up and down, running all over the place, flipping this way, flipping that way, talking to each other. You do this. You do that. All well, and Libby like an jumped. They were jumping in bed and Libby yeah. jumped so hard she jumped. She fell out of bed. Yeah. I had to go in and address that situation. <laughs> We had to talk to them about, there's a reason the song, No More Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. It also yeah. applies to three-year-old girls. <laughs> but this whole time, Gemma was trapped in their room. And you can watch on the video that I took. She's she like pretending she's not move. there. She's just pretending she's not there. So she was in there for an hour. I didn't get her out until like 8.50. Yeah, maybe they were all hyped up. And they didn't know she was there either. They no. never knew she was there. They never there. knew she was there. She was hiding. She was kind of hiding in a corner, like next to one of their little puffy chairs. <laughs> Which the room's I, not that big. I think maybe they were all hyped up because we got our first strawberry out of the garden this year. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what. They shared it. A singular a strawberry. <laughs> and you know, it's the homegrown strawberries, so they're really <laughs> tiny. <laughs> so we had to share and a mommy strawberry. And made them split it. I They split it. Well, not... They should split it. There is no chosen one. You are the recipient of the first strawberry of the season. All right. Okay, anyway. So should we continue on... Should we continue on to our our actual... Podcast? Our topic. (laughs) Today's topic is Mexican fire opal. Yeah, so I believe our second and third episodes of... Our series, Gem Junkies, was dedicated specifically solely to opal. Yeah. But we felt like we didn't get to talk too much about fire opal, which is in and of itself a very cool gemstone. Right. And it is very different than Australian. And we talked probably more about Australian opal than anything else during our Yeah, Australian opal formation. It was a huge ocean and... You know, water percolates down through cracks, that kind of good stuff with Australian opal. If you want to learn more, listen to episode one and, or two and three. Two and three. But um, fire opal, Mexican fire opal, is volcanic opal. And it was first mined in the 1400s 
by the Aztec. So it has a much longer history even than Australia. Yeah, there's actually evidence of it being used between 1200 and 1500. Uh, but so one, that'd be fourteen hundred, right? Somewhere between. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> okay, <just that>. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the date twelve hundred popped up in my research, so I'm just gonna give it a little, a few hundred more years okay. back. All right. So, but those mines were lost. the The location of those mines were lost to antiquity after the Spanish conquistadors made their way over to the Americas and decided that emeralds and gold were the only good thing. So, Brecken, what was the Aztecs' name for opal? So there are actually two different names they called them. And there should be a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that there are a lot of complicated words. And although I did take three years of Spanish in high school, it has all long since been forgotten. And Aztec and Mayan words were not covered in that. So here we go. I'm going to try to say this word. Okay. It is keep. Zalitzilpiloitily. <laughs> yeah, it's a super long word. So they called it the hummingbird. Stuff. No, actually, no, that's a different one. Hold on. That was the Vitzitzilteckpa. Oh, you're right. That's right. So they had two the Aztec words? Yes. Oh. Well, so the first one I said, I'm not going back there. The Q word. The Q one okay. means stone of the bird of paradise. Ah, Get it? The the orange colors, yeah. a bird of paradise kind of a thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, the V one, the second, yeah, the second one, one, is it means hummingbird stone. Right. And that's because of the iridescent colors of the bird's plumage. So I'm oh, going to just plumage. speculate here. I'm speculating. This, there is no fact to this. Okay. But maybe the hummingbird stone was in reference to opals that had play of color that had the green in it, and the bird of paradise stone was in reference to just your common opal orange stone. I'm just throwing that out there because it makes sense to me. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So it's so Mexican fire opal um, is found in nine different Mexican states, but mostly is only from a couple. But it's got, you know, so it basically covers all of central Mexico, all the way from the Gulf to the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, and it's in it's in what they call the highlands near extinct volcanoes. So some of the important states are, and here we go again, Quirotaro, Hidalgo, Guerrero, Julicio, Chihuahua, and San Luis Potosi. <laughs> That sounded more Italian than this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And so, most, the majority of the fire opal that we purchase from small local miners in the area comes from Julicio, um, from a place called Magdalena. And so, it, it is, you know, really beautiful, vibrant colors. You want to go over the scientific details of how it's formed? Oh my gosh, I have so much on how it's formed. Get so ready to be bored to death. Mexican opal <laughs> crystallize in a hydrothermal system where the hydrosilica gels get trapped and concentrated in cavities and fractures within a rhyolitic lava flows. Yes. Short and simple. Okay, so I'm going to expand so on in, that. It's found in rhyolite, which yeah. is which is hard, which is harder than uh, like ironstone or sandstone that's more sedimentary where 
you know, for Australian, where Mexicans found in rhyolite, which is much harder. Right. So rhyolite is a silica-rich volcanic rock. Okay. Um, and due to its high content of silica, they're pretty viscous lava flows. Now, r- there's viscous, viscous fluid. Mm. Fluid. Yeah, okay. very fluid lava flows. Rhyolites that cool too quickly to grow crystals. So if it cools too quickly, it won't grow crystals. Form obsidian. Ah, okay. Uh, slower cooling rhyolite lava forms microscopic crystals. Now, rhyolite eruptions are extremely rare volcanic eruptions, and only three have been recorded since the early 1900s. Of all the volcanic eruptions that happen, only three have been recorded. One in Papua New Guinea, one in Alaska, and one in Chile. Wow. So it's a, it's a fairly rare occurrence. occurrence. So fire opal is formed in the depths of these ancient volcanoes. And so basically your water seeps into silica-rich lava, rhyolite, um, and fills seams and hollows. And under this incredible pressure, the lava traps water within itself and forms opal which is totally different from your Australian opal formation, which is, you know. Sedimentary, which yep. takes a lot more time. A lot more time. The cool thing about Mexican fire opal is that it almost appears to glow, right? Yeah, yeah. It has this, like, it calls you. Or they call it a three-dimensional. It has more of, like, a three-dimensional. Like, in, the ones with play of color mm-hmm. have, like, a three-dimensionality to them, which is very different than... The Australian. Yeah, and they, some say that is due to microscopic water molecules that are still trapped within the silica. Hmm. That that is what's giving you the unearthly glow, is the water kind of reflecting off of the water. Yeah. So something that we probably should mention about fire opal is, is that some people are confused by the term fire opal, and they think it's any precious, any opal that has play of color. Yeah, we hear this a lot. So someone I'm will... I'm looking for an opal with fire. Well, an opal with fire doesn't isn't the same as fire opal. Yeah, and a lot of people just call, you know, regular Australian opal fire opal because they believe fire opal means opal with red play, play of, of color. color. Yeah. Uh, so the fire opal, Mexican fire opal, is due to actually the body color of the gemstone, the, the base color. And that's due to an iron oxide, which makes the gemstone range from, you know, a brownish orange to a really fiery cherry red to a... Sometimes even yellow. Even yellow. My favorite color is actually the bright, bright orange. Yeah. That's like, my favorite. I like the red. I like more the what they the cherry. call cherry. That's so rare. I don't think I've... I've seen maybe just a few of the yeah. cherry. Yeah. The cherry's, the cherry's cool. Um, so basically to, to separate out anything with play of color is considered precious opal. Yep. Without play of color is common opal or they just call it opal. So if you talk about just plain Mexican fire opal, it would actually be Mexican opal without any play of color. Yeah, so common opal. Right. Whereas Mexican precious fire opal or precious Mexican fire opal, which makes it really long. <laughs> super long. Is technically... Mexican fire opal with play of color. Yeah. And the play of color in Mexican fire opal, excuse me, precious Mexican fire opal, cheese Jonathan, is typically a green play of color. It's like a really bright green flash. Sometimes you can yeah, you pick up a get, little blues in yeah, there, yeah, but, but you more, don't see a ton of red. Yeah. Not as much. More blues and greens, some yellows. Um, I pair it a lot with mint garnet. 
which really seems to pull that bright green that flash, bright green flash. flash. Yeah. in it. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the other cool thing with Mexican is you can actually get a base color all the way from completely colorless, which people will call either crystal or jelly opal, or water or sometimes water opal. Yeah. Um, so that's the colorless. And then it can go more to like a white or like a cloudy, hazy white. Mm-hmm. And then into the yellow and golds and then into the reds and oranges. And on rare occasion, you either can, you even can get a green, hmm. which I actually had never seen before. So I Googled it and yeah, you can find it. There's cool. a green base color and also a blue base color. And it's not like blue, blue, like you're thinking, like, like when you think of Peruvian blue, it's uh-huh. not that blue. But it's like, think of like a colorless with a hint of blue. Is that from Play of Color? No. No, it actually has like a blue, like a light sky blue huh. kind of color to it. Cool. So it's kind of cool that Mexican material, I don't think any other, any other place in the world has opals with so many different base colors. Yeah. The I think one of the most unique things about your Mexican fire opal as a whole is the transparency of the gemstone. Yeah. A lot of your opals are opaque or yeah. translucent or but And they're better that way. Yeah, they're better because it enhances the play of color. Right. But in your Mexican fire opal where so much of it has very little play of color. Transparency is Transparency is transparency cool. almost better. Yeah. And so it's one of the types of opal that you see fashioned into faceted gemstones a lot. Yeah. You typically don't facet opal. It's no. just not done. It's just, typically done in a cab. Yeah, just in Mexican. But in Mexican fire opal, you see a lot of it faceted into some fun shapes. And I've had fun playing with that. We've designed... Briolet. Yeah, a cool collection of earrings that feature fire opal with other gemstones. Yeah. And I was in Tucson this last year and they, I saw these fire opal briolets from a, literally like across the room and I didn't care how much they were. My hair stood up on end and I was like, these have to come home with me. And they did. And now they're a beautiful pair of earrings. And for sale. Please buy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Please get rid of these. But they, they really do. They have like a, they don't have any play of color, Mm -hmm. but they have a great, glow to them. They People are really so great. attracted to the color. Yeah. We sell out of fire opal a lot. Yeah. We don't buy a lot of fire opal well, because it's hard, it's, to, it's hard to buy. It's hard to buy. It also has a lot of needles yeah. in it. Like which, tubes, tube-like needles. Like tube-like needles, and you can get a bunch of different kinds of um, inclusions in the uh, in the Mexican fire opal, which are kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, so we're relatively new to the Mexican Fire Apple. We started buying it, what, five years ago or something, Jonathan? Yeah. And our first go-around, we bought a lot of really bright material, but it had a lot of needles in it. And we actually didn't notice the needles until we went to set it into jewelry. And we started looking really closely, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of needles. But the past few years, we've honed our skills, and we really try to pay attention to that and how those needles will play out when you set it into jewelry. Okay, so all opal has water content in it, right? It's typically 3 to 10% water content inside the opal, sometimes up to 20%. Is that at, at the mine or at the point that we actually have it? Like at the point that we, it's been cut and polished, do you think it still is in that 3 to 10% range? Mm-hmm. Like I've always heard this, but do you really think that's true? Yeah, I do. 
Yeah. So if you like crushed one up and separated it out, you'd actually. Some <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could try. Yeah. So typically your water content is three to ten percent. Um, some as high as twenty percent. And I think volcanic opal especially gets. It has higher higher water content than your sedimentary, than your Australian opal. So it has more of a tendency to be hydrophane or crack and craze, right? Right. And that is where Ethiopian opal is also a volcanic opal, but Ethiopian opal has really high water content, some, you know, as high as 21%. So a lot of the people that we buy our fire opal from actually leave it out in the desert climate for six months to a year so that anything that will potentially crack or craze or actually a lot of your Mexican material will get cloudy. Yeah. Uh, we've We've seen that happen. And so a lot of our cutters, our miners will actually what they call cook it a little bit by just mining it and then leaving it out in the arid desert climate to detect if any of that material is going to crack or craze. Yeah. And then it happens before they sell it to us which makes us super happy. So opal has an amorphous crystal structure. Right. And amorphous is basically no crystal structure. Yeah, it's a Greek Greek four without shape. And so the internal structure of it is interconnected like structural blocks, right? So your silica spheres build upon each like other. Like stacking marbles in a plastic tub. Yeah. So it still has a structure, but it doesn't have a habit, a crystal habit. Right. Okay. And so if the spheres line up a certain way, you get play of color. Well, because it's kind of like a blob, like amorphous, you get some really cool shapes out of it. And a lot of the fire opal that we use is free form, Mm -hmm. free shape. And they basically just kind of carve away the rhyolite. And it's just how, it's just like the, I hate to say glob because it's prettier. Yeah, there you go. Nodule. It's just basically the shape of the nodule. And we get some, like we had one that looked like a Cheeto. Remember yeah. the Cheeto one? We still have it. We still have it. I love the Cheeto. In a finished piece, yeah. And uh, so they come in all these funky shape, which also makes buying it difficult because you have to think, how, how am I possibly going to set this into jewelry because it is so globular? Um, you also see it still with its matrix. So you see it still with that rhyolite matrix as opposed to your Australian boulder opal, which is ironstone. This matrix, matrix opal is with rhyolite. rhyolite. Which can be pink, cream, tan, or brick red. Yeah. I call them dino eggs. Yeah. Or dragon's eggs. Or dragon's Sometimes eggs. I've heard them yeah. Called dragon's because eggs. they look, because they're often shaped in like a cabochon or like an egg shape. So you can still see like little pockets and nod- nodules of opal with play of color in there. Yeah. And so they kind of look mystical. Yeah. We haven't done much with those, but I think they're cool. So we just got reintroduced to Mexican fire opal, but your dad used to buy it, right? Yeah, Back he, in the day. Yeah, he worked with it a little bit and with a with another um, variety which was called leopard opal. Which This leopard is new opal, to me. I've never I've never heard of leopard opal. Which is formed in black uh, vesicular basalt. And so it's got like little tiny, it looks like leopard spots. Oh. And so the voids that are left by gas bubbles in the molten rock later filled <gasps> with opal. Did your dad keep any? I don't know. He don't probably know. sold it all. He's in the business of selling. Yeah. So 
it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and that's found in Hidalgo um, in Mexico, and it's considered more of like an ornamental stone, and it's used more in like carvings and, oh. and things like that. It's you can still find it. You can Google it. It's New Tucson very, Expedition Stone. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't think it's very expensive. Um, that's but, cool. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a cool cool different thing. All right, now on to the mystical properties of fire opal. So like I said, it was used extensively by the Aztecs and the Mayans. They used it to worship the sun god. We don't really know any of their beliefs associated with the gemstone. It was all lost to antiquity after the Spanish conquistadors arrived. Um, So I'm not really cool with applying Western philosophy of opals on Mexican fire opal. I don't know why. I'm just not going to do it. So it's not cursed. (laughs) But um, physically, some of the physical powers of it, it's supposed to heal your kidneys and your back. And um, anyone listening with children, earmuff time, it's supposed to stimulate sexual organs. So there you go. No Viagra, just get fire opal. (laughs) It's also supposed to be a wonderful stone for those people who are shy or lack self-confidence. Yeah, so it's good for shy people and those who lack self-confidence because it's supposed to rouse the fire within them and give a boost to their confidence and bestow courage. Um, It's also thought to disperse old and long outdated ways of thinking and make way for new ones. So I'm going to load it up in a box and ship it to Congress. (laughs) But that just <laughs> everyone in Congress is going to get a fire Um And the warm and fiery tone has a positive effect on the psyche, and it conveys peace, warmth, and harmony. Also, if you would like to attract customers, just place it in the front window of your business. It's supposed to bring people on in. Mystical powers of fire opal. It's also supposed to symbolize the joy of the heart. And used to attract money. Yeah, money. Money's always good. Most gemstones are used to attract money. Yeah. Why? There's there's something there. And the plague. Yeah, and cure the plague. So <laughs> thank you for tuning into another episode of Gem Junkies. I hope you enjoyed our exploration into the beautiful gemstone fire opal. If you want to see what we do in our real life, you can follow us at Parlay Gems on Facebook and Instagram. We'll talk to you later. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. Thanks for listening. Uh Bye.